When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We are here in studio for the first time since, what is it, October 6th? October 6th was the last time we were here. I forgot how to yeah. how to get here. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> not, yeah it's, yep. it's been so long, there's a new uh, there's a new sponsor button in the corner <laughs> above Mario. That's I mean, man, has it been that long? Yeah. Draft Kings. Yeah, we're happy to have Draft Kings with us. Uh, make sure you use that code CHGO when you sign up for Draft Kings. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. But we got a lot to get to, and, you know, guys, we kind of learned this lesson uh, throughout last year and through the summer where Tuesday morning we go, what are we going to talk about? And then by the time the show runs around, we got four or five things we need to get to. Give it a few hours. So we're going to rifle through uh, some of the news stories of the day. Uh, I would guess you'd say the biggest story as it pertains to the current Blackhawks yes. is defenseman Alex Vlasic has been sent to the Rockford Icehawks. Um, Luke Richardson discussed it a little bit today after practice, just sort of saying, Unfortunate timing for him to get his injury. He said it was either an infection or a bone bruise, Oof. but made it tough for him to put a skate on. And, uh, you know, with the addition of uh, Tenority, and it looks like Jake McCabe's going to be back for the home opener on Friday, uh, he's kind of the odd man out. And if McCabe is activated, you probably can say the same about Alec Regula. He'll probably be the next guy to go down So because they're carrying eight defensemen right now. So, look, this follows a trend of what we have seen them do in terms of roster building all year. None of the Rockford prospects, none of the guys they deem as really future pieces to this team are here and playing. So it makes perfect sense that Vlasic and eventually Regula go down and play in Rockford. Yeah, I think the other consideration is the the contract stipulation with Philip Roos, where if he was sent down to the AHL, his Swedish league team, which I think is Skelleftia, um, could sweep him back up. In that case, and I think the Blackhawks probably have seen enough out of him that they don't want to risk his team saying, oh, no, come back to Sweden. You'd think that the player would have some uh, decision-making power in that role, but, yeah, I think with with Vlasic going down, with McCabe coming back, uh, probably also see Regula go down, and that's fine. I mean, the the, the Ice Hogs opened their season uh, this past weekend. Um, get get as many of those young prospects playing you know significant minutes significant roles as possible um get them you know playing competitive games and and that's that's completely fine we've we've talked about it enough uh as, as the season started and as as the roster and it was getting formulated through camp we don't need the young prospects sitting in the press box it does them no good to just practice in the NHL they got to play in the NHL if they're not going to play in the AHL play significant time yeah, that's what Luke Richardson said when asked about Vlasic, um, <clears throat> and he really wouldn't give a uh, for sure plan on Regula. Basically, saying you know, hey, we get J- we get Jake back. It's only a matter of time for someone else takes a puck off the foot, 
or jams a shoulder or whatnot. So mm-hmm. you can't really long-term plan it because the second you think you've got your roster set, you need to bring a guy back up. So, But he had mentioned with Regula that he is – he emphatically said he is going to be an NHL player – but it's right now. It's best for him to go to Rockford play. I think that was about Vlasic. Vlasic. Vlasic yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Vlasic. Signature. Not, got my Alex. Alex's uh, <laughs> confused again. But he said Vlasic is going to be an NHL player. But he needs. You know, there's nothing wrong with going down to Rockford. You know, playing top pairing minutes, playing power play, pe- playing penalty kill, playing 20 plus minutes a night. Get that confidence going. So when he does come back up here, and he mentioned it, it's, 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 it's a lot easier for a young player to get confidence playing big roles in the AHL as opposed to fighting for play, playing time here right. at the NHL level. And uh, he also, without even being asked, I thought was interesting, spoke highly of Jared Tenorti. Yes, he did. Like, without even a question, not even being asked about Tenorti, just threw out his name and just saying, you know, he's a pro's pro and – and has been a, a positive influence since getting here. So, um, you know, that, that was interesting. So, obviously, he likes what he's got out of Tenorti, and, you know, he's a guy. He, he, <laughs> he is, is indeed he, a person. He is who <laughs> yeah, yes. he is. Who he is. I, I think, you know, it's, it's just kind of like getting a guy who's seasoned, who's going to kind of fit the mold of the player that they want to have or an example of a player that they want to have. Um, and it's just someone to 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 play in at the NHL level where you give those young players the the roster bump down to play competitive t- uh, yeah. minutes and in, in, in those roles in the AHL. Yeah, you so. Basically, you look at guys like Tenorti, you look at guys like Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. positive influences on a room, but they're they're placeholders yeah. until these young guys are ready. And I think they know that, and it's not a bad thing. So Vlasic heading to Rockford, I'm assuming he's going to be in the lineup right away as long yeah. as he's healthy. And it's good. He hasn't played in the AHL yet. I think AHL is a very good league for young defensemen because of the physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a much more physical league as uh, than the NHL, and that'd be good for a kid like him. That it's a re- different re- physical. Yeah, it's yeah. he's gonna have to learn how to use his size to his advantage more. Not that not just you know his skating or his reach in the NHL is more important. In the AHL, he's gonna have to learn how to box people out how mm-hmm. to keep people away from his own crease more so in the end not saying that's not a part of the nhl game but in the ahl crashing the net is like the go-to thing i mean that's <laughs> what those that's what those players are equipped to do yeah right I that's mean, why when they're called up to the nhl they're checking line forwards yeah, and their the, fourth line the, guys and the yeah. hl is a great league i love the hl but you know the skill levels are at different play like Different types of players in the HL. Usually, the, the high skilled level players in the HL, they're not there long. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a league full of guys that are like your your quintessential bottom six disturbers uh, type of players. Yeah. So he'll he'll get a he'll get punched in the mouth, maybe physically, but theoretically pretty quick down yeah. there. And he's gonna have to learn how to adapt to that. So it's it's a good experience. And plus, if the Ice Hogs are winning. There's nothing wrong with letting young kids experience some winning because yeah, that's absolutely. not going to happen a lot this year. Yeah, on I, Madison, look, the, a lot of these young guys are going to get their chance. Right, that come March third, it's not just going Ross to be Kane and Taves. Look There's going to be a yeah. lot of bodies moved out. Jack Johnson, Max Domi, Anathanasiu mm-hmm. will likely be tra- like Tyler and it, Johnson. And it's maybe, not right. It's not like, just those guys. Yeah. 
Um, if Jared Tenorti comes in and plays really well, as well as he can play, <laughs> you know, that's a guy you can move to a team looking yeah. to add Jack, some physicality in the blue line. Yeah. Uh, a guy like Jason Dickinson, you just got it. Yeah. He, if he's back to being the type of player he was in Dallas, that's a guy, you, a contender. Well, want, and and you know? I think it's very clear that that's what, what Kyle Davidson's looking to do mm-hmm. is he's saying, all right, who can I get for cheap to fill out this roster, make us compete in terms of effort and enthusiasm mm-hmm. and finishing checks and those sort of things. And then at the deadline is these, these Rockford kids get a chance to ripen ship them off for whatever late round pick or, or fringe prospect they got yeah. and, and, you know, keep building up those assets, those lottery tickets you get, the more you have, the better chance you have to win. I mean, it's, you know, it is a crapshoot. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about it yesterday when we were talking about the um, Antoine Vermette trade and the guy that I can't remember the name now that Anaheim drafted in that spot. Johan Larson. Yeah. Right. Sure. Or Jacob Larson. Jacob one of the Larson. two. Yeah. yeah there was like a Larson. There was a yeah. Larson. Like it's and not know. one of the good ones. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, there's, there's no reason that the Blackhawks this season have to necessarily throw any of the prospects in that aren't ready. I think there's a lot of value to letting the pro letting those prospects get time in the AHL and, you know, be competitive. The other thing with Vlasic is being in that defensive group with other guys just in, just like him in his situation, like Galvis and Phillips, uh, Ian Mitchell eventually when he's when he's healthy. You know, these 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 young guys that are battling for NHL time, battling to 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 jump over each other basically in the depth chart, you know, it's 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 healthy competition between teammates. Then that hopefully in turn brings out the best of of each of those guys. And what's better than that? You know, you, right. you want to have those young guys um, competing with each other for, you know, who's going to be on the power play in Rockford, who's going to, you know, be on the top pair, things like that. Um, I, I think that that's a really good, uh, a really good situation to be in for, for a lot of those young players. So the Blackhawks don't necessarily need to have any of them in the NHL for extended periods of time. If the, what it seems like now, you know, the, 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 the cards that Kyle Davidson is showing now is we're, we're going to have a roster full of, short-term players who are flippable and that's that's all that it's going to be my only concern is when you talk about like Regula and Vlasic and and Lucas Reichel um three guys you probably should have a role on this team on the NHL team yeah I I hope that that doesn't you know become something that upsets them or makes them feel underappreciated or whatever um because there's got to be that feeling a little bit of I earned a job. I earned a job at the NHL, and I get they're trying to tank, but, like, I don't know. It's frustrating. But, again, these are young guys. That's not really a hockey culture sort of a thing. Yep. Guys are kind of very happy to just, like, do what they're told and act the way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – to me, it would be if I'm Regula or Vlasic, I'm kind of like, ah, I think this sucks. Like, I, I kind of earned a spot. I think organizationally there is an understanding of what's going on. What's I think there's a lot of, you know – nudge nudge wink wink being said without actually being said yeah. about you know the tank and the plan for this season and probably next season too and I think a lot of the young players understand that so they're probably getting the message of hey we think you're this xyz part of the future S- stick with you know learn what you can at the AHL level develop what you can 
um, you know, stick with these plans and eventually either next season or later this season, you're going to get your opportunity as long as they earn it. But I think that that's probably the messaging that's being told to them. And I think it's a lot of deprogramming ourselves as, as Blackhawks observers and fans, because for so many years, the Rockford Icehawks were an afterthought. Like, yeah, true. They weren't being utilized properly. That's where you would stash all your bottom six, right. bottom pairing players and just wait for one or two prospects. Yeah, and as Narfin says in the chat, Tampa, a lot of their current cup-winning players spent a lot of multiple seasons, and they want to call their cup in, in the AHL. And I think Chyla Johnson was part of that. Yeah, so... Like there is, we we're not used to it. We're not used to our AHL affiliate being used as an actual like weapon towards getting better in the future. <laughs> it's kind of just been an afterthought. Like, yeah. like you know, for all those cup teams, how many great players played for the Ice Hawks during those years, or at least for a significant amount of time? They might have had a flash, a flash there, but you didn't really see it. You know, Andrew Shaw never played there. Um, you know, Versteeg a little bit. Shaw did, yeah, but not a f- little bit. Not not like a long like, you know, not a long time, right? Yeah. Not a, an entire season or multiple seasons, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a strange situation to that where the uh, Ice Hogs are now a very vital part of this organization. Mm-hmm. They're more important now than they've ever been ever since uh, in any AHL team, even when mm-hmm. it was Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk actually, you know, Norfolk had some some of yeah. those players come yeah, through. But yeah, but the Ice Hogs have kind of, at least for the last decade, have just kind of been like, eh, we're gonna fill out a roster with a bunch of undrafted guys, and you know, we'll use it for when we have to do a, a an injury rehab assignment. Right, yeah. But it was never meant to be. It was never utilized properly by the previous regime. So I think it's something we have to untrain our minds to saying, listen, playing in Rockford is not a bad thing. No, and 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 they listen that they should be a really good team this year. They you would have think. they have got um, you know they put some really good AHL type veterans up there. Some of the younger players mm-hmm. they should be good. They they had an exciting win over the weekend. They were down three nothing heading into the third period and won five four in overtime. Um, Lucas Reichel had three points. Two guys that they brought in to help win. Uh, Luke Philp. 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 He had he had three points. David Gust three points. Who Bre- uh, uh, Brett Senny had the had game the winner, game winning goal. Those are three AHL veterans. David Gust was a big contributor for the Wolves, who won the Calder Cup last year. So those are the type of guys, along with a Dylan Secure and an Adam Clendenin, and they brought down there so that team can win. Mm-hmm. So they're they're putting a lot of focus uh, on the Ice Hogs, and you know it's a good thing. So we gotta we gotta untrain our brains and saying you know what playing at Rockford is not a punishment. It's part of the process. Right. Yeah. I got a $5 super chat from Design Love. Thank you very oh. much for that. He says, so Thank how you. happy was last night the double love of Phoenix winning against Toronto? That was a weird game. Oh, we're going to get to that at the end <laughs> yeah. of the show. Anytime I get a chance to laugh at the Maple Leafs, I'm taking full advantage of it. Yeah, we're going to get to that later, but I wanted to acknowledge the super chat, and thank you for that. Appreciate it. And it's a nice reminder to smash that like button if you are watching us on YouTube. It takes you literally one second to hit that like button, so please, please, please do that and get in the habit of doing it every time you're with us here. And if you're listening on the podcast proper, make sure you're subscribed on whichever app you're listening on. And if you're feeling generous, a five-star Apple podcast review would mean the world to us. It's very, very, very helpful. So thank you for that. 
the other bit of news we had, uh, and we've kind of been hearing a little bit about this um, over the last week or so, but Scott Powers with the big story today in The Athletic that Frank Nazar is going to miss some significant time uh, after uh, surgery on a lower body injury. So the interesting note in there, if you haven't read it, please do. Um, this injury, he got to Michigan and had this injury. Mm-hmm. So it was, air quotes, pre-existing. We're still trying to figure out exactly where this injury occurred. He participated in Blackhawks Prospects Camp. He was one of the better players in camp. He went to World Junior Championships Camp and almost made that team. He was one of the last cuts. We had a question in the chat from uh, Lafferty, Daniel. He says, can you guys look into if Nazar being injured allowed him to drop to number 13? Was the injury common knowledge at draft time? I don't think so. Can't imagine. I think think what happened is somewhere between prospects camp and Michigan, he got hurt. Whether or not it was during a game, a practice, a workout, whatever, we don't really know. College sports are famously uh, secretive about injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be really hard to find, unless you get it from the horse's mouth himself, uh, to get a lot of detail on it. Yeah. But it's interesting that... He went started the season at Michigan. He played a game or two, didn't he? No, he was. It was it was suspicious. Um, they played a an exhibition game before the season started, and he wasn't in the lineup. And okay. I remember thinking that's an odd choice because you know he was um, he was he's being touted as one of the big parts of that of that program, and I remember you know going through like you know, Instagram and stuff for, for Michigan hockey and seeing some of their like media day things. And he was out there a lot, you know, getting pictures taken, doing all the, you know, hype, hype video stuff. So he was out there. He was expecting to, you know, I, I, I wonder if it was some sort of like training injury that happened after he got to Michigan, because, you know, it, it, I, I don't think he, to to the to the question in the chat, I don't think he played the entire summer playing through an injury. That seems very counterproductive no. for a young player to do um, to go th- to go through a prospects camp and a world junior camp injured. I don't know. That doesn't seem like the a Hawks good decision. Have put him out there no, they wouldn't have injured. I no. mean, they didn't. You know, Jalen Jalen Lipin was a was a player they had high hopes for, and, and he he had a bum held shoulder. Out, yeah. They held him out, and then he ended up having surgery. So. It could be something that a nagging thing that just eventually just got to the point Didn't where, get better. where it wasn't yeah. nagging anymore, and it's like, well, you know, I'm 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 bummed for him. He's such a good kid, such a, a talented player. For him to lose essentially an entire season, yeah, of, in of the development, it, it sucks. In the in the Scott Powers piece, uh, he talked with Michigan's uh, uh, interim head coach, and they said that there's a potential he might miss just the entire season, and that would just really be a blow to to his development and I would assume if that ends up being the case he probably goes back for, yeah. for a second season at least yeah um, which which kind of pushes his Blackhawks timeline back but I mean some things you can't plan for right and, and the good news is depending on whatever the injury is obviously it's significant enough to require surgery require months of of rehab good news is he's 19 I mean when you when you mm-hmm. have an when you have an injury like that it's the 
t- time your body can this recover. Is the, this is the time of your yeah. life where you'd rather do it. If he's mm-hmm. a 32 year old <laughs> having a, a significant injury, then you're kind of like, oh, well, that might be it for that guy. So yeah, these guys will be, you know, just have him have a surgery and then have him go hang out with Jake McCabe for a couple of weeks. He'll be, yeah, there you go. He'll be back. <laughs> by, he'll be back by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, you know, it's just it's there is some strangeness to it because. If it's pre-existing, which is kind of what everybody is, that's the word that's going around. Why is the recovery so long? Like, why is the injury so significant? Right? Like, usually when you hear about a guy undergoing something that's going to keep him out for potentially the whole season, it's a traumatic moment. It's a knee-to-knee hit or it's a twisted knee or it's an ACL or whatever. This is like, well, he had it and now we're fixing it, but he's going to be out for the year. I don't know. That's very strange to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. Mean, I'm not it, like saying conspiracy theory or anything. Yeah. I just maybe he had something nagging. They took a look at it and said, "This is worse than we thought," and maybe he's got a high pain threshold or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just a. Str- I don't know. The whole thing. The, time, all goes the timeline the is the yeah. timeline is a little weird, but I mean, yeah, it, it, I, I think was I think it might have been Lipin that we, uh, yeah, it was because I remember uh, we talked to his uh, his agent real quick. Um, they they were trying to rehab the injury and then eventually it was surgery was required. So it yeah. could have been it could have been something where, you know, the um the injury may have been existing and then trying to rehab it didn't work and so now surgery is is, is the next step. That could have been the case. Um but in 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 any you know, in any case you just hope to see a a full healthy bounce back so that, you know, he can get back on the ice as, you know, when he's medically cleared and he can, you know, not lose as much time in this, in this time of his career where a lot of, you know, development can, can happen and and he can get that experience. There's only so much you can do off the ice trying to get better, you know? Well, and the good news is, and you know, when you talk about balancing going to a college versus going to junior, Mm Mm-hmm. For a situation like this, for him to be in Michigan is a really good thing. I think so. He's yeah. going to have all the resources he needs in terms of rehabilitation, training, the entire staff at a giant Big Ten institution versus if this was, knock on wood, Kevin Korchinski having this in Seattle. Eh, it's not as. He's not going to have the resources that. Now, look, an organization like the Hawks, if somebody like Korchinski underwent something like this, they'd probably intervene. And help and, and help to take care of it, right? But probably the and they and they probably could do that because it's not it's not an NCAA player. Yeah, so. but it's good. But yeah. that, I mean, if you want to find the the silver lining in this, it's good that Nazar is at a place like Michigan that deals with big injuries all the time in all different sports, mm-hmm. and they know how to rehab these kids through it. So yeah. um, that's a, if there's a little bit of hope, that's it. It's a, I mean, I'm sorry. There is, he'll be back. He'll be fine. Yeah, this, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, if there's a bit of optimism, the fact that he's at Michigan and not in junior is a good thing for his injury Definitely. rehabilitation. Well, yeah. We just that was a we've got the Bears after dark here on uh, at CA Show. That was our new segment, Blackhawks in the dark <laughs> on CA Show. People there, loved but, it. That's yeah, uh, no, it's the best worry. we've looked yeah, in weeks. Great. Yeah, exactly. The, our ratings went up when our three ugly mugs got off the air there for a minute. But uh, <laughs> it was like it felt like I had shady rays on they, for a minute. They, they, you know what? If you do want to protect your eyes from the sun, our pals over at Shady Rays are where to do it. You're going to get some of the best quality sunglasses at an amazing deal 
when you go visit our friends at Shady Rays, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. That's always been my problem with sunglasses is like I don't want to buy an expensive pair because I know I'm eventually going to leave them somewhere or break them. Well, with Shady Rays, not only are you getting premium sunglasses featuring world-class optical clarity and durability with styles that cater everyone and everybody's lifestyle, they also have the best lost and replacement policy out there. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they, you can, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you dropped it in the chain of lakes and they're the next to Mario sunglasses, mm-hmm. they fell Oop. off a cliff. If you threw them on the ice instead of your hat for that Jared Tenorti hat trick on opening night. Hey, now. What are the odds on that? Save that clip. We might need it. In Chicago, you have just as good of the odds of that happening as of your glasses falling off a cliff. So, (laughs) Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you from holding them in my hand and wearing them on my face. They're as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers will agree with you as they have over 200,000 five-star reviews. I've been a customer for them for a couple of years now. My buddy Joe turned me on to them, and then when I heard they were coming on board, I was super excited. Great product and a great company, too, because they also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order place nice. and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. So you're going to look great. That's a lot of meals. And you're going to do a good thing to help your fellow Americans as well. And they stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the window, right out the window, and do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And and exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use the promo code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. I'm no math genius, but in my world, that's buy one, get one free. And you can get two pairs of awesome stylish sunglasses for low as $54. That's over at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. If you're looking for the best price when it comes to sunglasses, go to Shady Rays. If you're looking for the best price on tickets for any kind of sporting event or concert or show or anything like that, uh, be sure to use the Game Time app to find the best prices on those events. Be sure to use the link in the description below. Click on that link and get your and get your tickets through that Game Time link because you are going to help us out with uh, by doing that. And uh, Game Time, they are the hottest new ticket site that makes it easier to score the best deals uh, to all those different events, concerts, sports, Blackhawks games. we got opening night uh, coming up on Friday against the Red Wings. Uh, ticket prices are very, uh, very fan-friendly right now. Uh, and if they're going to be even fan-friendlier Tuesday night uh, against the Florida Panthers, I think I uh, saw $16 get in the door down to $15. $15. Get in the door and have a seat tickets uh, for that game Tuesday night. I think right in the $40 range on game time uh, to get a seat for Friday night's uh, opening night game against the Detroit Red Wings. So use that game time app 
Uh, if you love CHGO, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to do it, again, is to get through, get your tickets through the link in the description and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Uh, and bowl season right around the corner, too. If you want to go watch some round ball at the UC, get the Game Time app and uh, go watch the Bulls. Probably the, uh, the, the next team in the, uh, in the pecking order to get, the, uh, get into the postseason, the Bulls, and then it's going to be a long postseason wait for the rest of the Chicago teams from there. Yes. Yeah, and if you're uh, going to join us for our CHGO tailgate on November 6th, uh, the Bears and Dolphins, you don't need tickets to the game to attend that, but you need tickets to the tailgate, go to allchgo.com to secure your tickets. Uh, a couple different ticket options there. One includes parking, one does not. Both options include all the food and drinks you can handle, games, giveaways, live music. It's going to be an awesome time. Come hang out with us on the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan uh, ahead of Bears-Dolphins. And, of course, you can go on game time and get tickets to that game as well. Mm-hmm. And the longer you wait till kickoff, the cheaper they will probably get. So come yeah. hang out and you say, hey, yeah. you know what? It's a nice night out. You never know. November 6th, it could be 90. It could be negative <laughs> 30. It could be snowing. It could be a hurricane somehow. You never know. November 6th yeah. in Chicago. So wait and buy those game time tickets and go see Bears. Have, have a few beers, and then all of a sudden those prices look <laughs> appear to be cheap. Yeah, oh, I could <laughs> go right. to the game. Yeah. We call those game time yeah. goggles. Why not? Right. Hey, and if you're coming to that tailgate, November 6th is also hoodie season, and we got mm. four oh, yeah. new mm-hmm. CHGO hoodies available for you over at allchgo.com. Head over to the locker. Get yourself one of these four new or all four of these awesome hoodies. I got mine. They uh, they are awesome. They got our logos Love on. The, the, the tie-dye one is great with our buddy Nux on there. Uh, we got a camo hoodie. And a couple, the script one with the with the blue outline. That's that the one really I got. Cool. I yeah, got the like script. I love that Check one. Check it out. Get yourself a hoodie for hoodie season. Everybody loves a good hoodie. I'm going to have to get two because I know my girlfriend is stealing one of them. Oh, that's at least. Given. So, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to get yep. at least two. Um, you know, I'd buy her one of her own, but she wants mine. But uh, so it, it is smells like it is. Greg. Yeah. Is that a good thing, though? Can we start marketing that? Smells like Greg. Like buy a shirt. It smells like Greg. We'll just have Greg like just lay around on the merch for a while, <laughs> and then it will be as uh, desirable to everyone as it is to his girlfriend. See, as long as, as long as he does that, without, idea machine. As man. long as he does that without any any shoes on, <laughs> I think the prices will will get jacked up there for, you those, for those yeah. merch. I don't know if that would work because I heard that. Smells Like Greg was the original title of that Nirvana song, but they changed it. So. Good, probably good for marketing purposes uh, to change that. So anyway, uh, thanks for bearing with us with our uh, ad copy. Got a lot of cool stuff to tell you about. But yeah, chgolocker.com. Get some uh, of that dope merch. And I know some people have been waiting for the double extra large uh, CHGO Blackhawks to come back in stock. They are back in stock. I've seen them with my eyes. When we were in DNVR, I could see them. There they are. There Double they are. X. Ready to go. So uh, jump on that and get those two. And hopefully we'll have some new uh, CHGO Blackhawks designs as the season goes on. We've got some ideas. We just got to get them executed. So today, Greg and I were at Hawks practice. And I will say, um, very, very uh, intense practice from start to finish. I, I was getting cramps and winded just <laughs> watching the Hawks go at it. Uh, working on a lot of defensive drills today. Yes. That's what Luke Richardson said is today is defense. They'll move into offense, and you know they're going to work on offense tomorrow. But a lot of intensity, a lot of physicality. We saw some frustration from people uh, during the, the sessions, and 
Richardson acknowledge that, and, and that's a good thing because you got guys annoying each other. Saw Jonathan Taze almost take a baseball bat swing at Jujar Kara during one of the drills because Kara got the best of him. Ah. Taves a little bit frustrated, so Kara's doing his job out there. That's good. Uh, we saw Connor Murphy push Tyler Johnson over the uh, the little barricade they had to, to compress the drill area, uh, and, and Johnson got up with a smile on his face and kind of gave him a little nod. So getting feisty. They're out there working hard. And that I, I want to play a bit of audio uh, here from uh, Luke Richardson talking about Jonathan Taves and the way he has um, taken on the beginning of the season here. Uh, asked by our buddy Tab Bamford, um, you know, what does his hot start meant to the team? And, and here's what Luke Richardson had to say about Jonathan Taves. He's been great in practice. He's working hard. He's, he's just like what I said uh, earlier uh, about talking about a, a Crosby or a Bergeron. Like, you know, he's got, he's worn a C here for a long time for a reason, and uh, he's still driven to succeed. And I think this year, I think he uh, came in in good shape and, and he, you know, he's had some, um, you know, physical, you know, issues in the past that I think he's over now and, and feeling better. And it looks like he's off to a real good start, like you said, and he was working hard in practice and slashing guys in a, in a battle drill because he wasn't happy. And I think that's a sign of a guy that's not satisfied. So I don't think uh, getting two goals at the beginning of the year is enough for him. I think he's going to push and that other players see that and that brings them along too. So it's great to have that leadership. There it is, Luke Richardson. And what he referenced earlier about Bergeron and Crosby is something we've talked about with Taves a lot before is that veteran leader who's making the most money, who's the highest profile player, being the guy that works the hardest in practice goes a super long way, uh, especially with a team that's not really young right now, but will be soon. Um, it goes a long way. And look, Taves has been great. He's been one of the better Hawks since the season started. And uh, it's good to see, you know, Richardson obviously sees that too. But the fact that he has been so competitive in practices and in games, that's a great sign for his level of commitment to, you know, uh, into just kind of the tone of the locker room. Because if he's pissy and he's crabby, that's going to reflect on the entire roster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get you you want to have a guy like that um, being a positive influence. And it was questionable kind of going into this season. Going to even, you know, coming out of training camp, it was just like, ugh, like I don't, don't really know where he's at. You know, with his with his game uh, on the ice and, and off the ice, how it would be. But so far through the first week of the season, I think we're seeing pretty much everything we had hoped we would see out of Jonathan Taze is, is being involved in, 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 the, in the leadership aspect of things, um, not just kind of being a, a backseat to the, you know, to the tank, to the rebuild process, not just kind of just letting things happen. He's going out there and he's, wor and he's working for it. So um, that's a good thing to see. And I think it's going to go a long way. And, and, and Luke Richardson, too. He needs a guy like that to, to be at that level. You know, he it makes his job harder if one of the biggest voices in the locker room is not going along with the program. So it's it's good to see that you know Taze is, is so far uh, putting in putting in the work, putting in the effort, and and you know doing what he needs to do as as that leader. Yeah, it's, it's been a very good start. Three games, long way to go, but you need a guy like Jonathan Taves to really be leading by example, not necessarily saying things, but just showing that he's a part of it. Guys like him, guys like Tyler Johnson, you know, they've been on the same line. They've been very effective. They've been the best five on five line that Taves, Radish, Tyler Johnson line. Um, 
So you need that. Jack Johnson, another positive guy that just going out and doing his job at the best level he can do it at. And, that, and that's all you could ask for these guys. And it, it's leading, a, it's, it's setting a great example for guys that you have a future for. Guys like Mackenzie Entwistle can, can, can feed off of that. Guys mm-hmm. like Reese Johnson. Yeah, those aren't the superstars of the future, but you know, those are, those guys can be important in the future. You need those type of guys as well as the stars. So if they're absorbing that and getting that, that's good. No, let's see, you know, it's one road trip. It's three games. Let's right. see if we're still there's, there's having these discussions in season. January, February, yeah. or after the first player gets traded. You know, that's when things kind of started to unravel last year as far as the attitudes coming yeah. out. Yeah, the Hagel trade. Brennan was really Hagel kind of, you know, that's when the, the sourness started coming out. Not just from Taves either, but team-wise. So let's see when that, you know, say they get a good little thing going in, in December. They win three out of five. Four out of six, please don't do that. But just in case, <laughs> but then like they start feeling good. But then right after that streak, maybe that's when Max Domi gets traded or somebody gets moved, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, oh, okay, here we are, here we go again. But you should, they gotta know. You should. Like it's pretty yeah. clear what's going on. Like here. I mean, that yeah. was that was the frustrating thing last year. It's like, how did you not know Brendan Hagel was going to get traded? It's kind of been on written on the wall for a long time. Yeah. Like so. Same with Debrinket, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew it was coming. So they should not have been caught off guard. And you should not be caught off guard this year when any of these guys get moved. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a great start. It's good to see. And the other interesting thing, and that can lead into our next little clip of audio, was and I know you don't really – it's tradition. You win a game. You kind of keep things the way they are. But there were no – apparently there were no line changes. We, right. We were kind of questioning – you know, does does Luke Richardson do something with Andre, Andreas Anthony CU? You know, he took a couple lousy penalties, got the game misconduct. He mentioned it a little bit today. You know, hey, we need him on the ice, you know. But he has some very interesting comments about that line. I know a lot of people are already like, well, they're not performing. They can't play with Kane. Break them up. And and Luke Richardson doesn't really think that way. He thinks they're, they're there. He's seeing stuff. So if we got that uh, clip to go, we'll hear from Luke Richardson on that top line. Yeah, no, I, I, there's definitely lots of speed and, and talent, and I think they've just missed on a few. So, you know, not having like, you know, five or six points in the first three games is not an issue for us because they're still getting opportunities, and it looks like they're almost going to break through for that opportunity. Unfortunately, we lost Athenaeo uh, for 10 minutes or 12 minutes, I guess, uh, uh, with a penalty last game. So that kind of disrupts things, but uh, gave me a chance to put. Uh, you know, Kershev there for a bit and have a look at that as well because he's an offensive guy that has some good talent and speed to complement them as well. So, you know, I think it's one of those things um, kind of like Lafferty and uh, Dickinson kind of broke through last game. I think it'll be one of those games that it just naturally goes for them and you'll see them have three or four points each that one night. And, uh, they're that type of player and hopefully once that happens, it just kind of, you know, breathe a little easier, just play your game. Yeah, that line of Domi, Kane, and Athanasiu has uh, three combined points through three games, less than anyone really expected. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't. As much as I want accountability for Athanasiu and the things he's been doing, kind of bitching at refs and taking bad penalties, and of course a, a ten-minute misconduct. Um, you mentioned Jack Johnson, and earlier you mentioned 
uh, Jared Tenorti, he is letting the veterans kind of police things as mm-hmm. they go here. And he was asked specifically, like, who are the other veterans that step up? And he said Johnson and Tenorti along with Kane and Taves, of course. Um, so, I, you know, if, if he thinks it's been handled and he thinks that Thanasiu has received the message, then cool. I also think, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it a little bit, but him mentioning Kurashev, that might have been on purpose to send a little message to Athanasiu that, hey, there's a guy right behind you that is ready to move into that yeah. spot that would be happy to have it. And you and I had a close eye on Kurashev the day of practice. He looks like a different dude. He looks like a more complete player than he's ever looked like, and he looks hungry. And I, I feel like if he is given a real chance at that spot, he might not let it go. He might not relinquish it for some time. So uh, maybe there's a little something to um, Luke Richardson mentioning the name of a th- of a Kurashev to, to mm-hmm. say, hey, double A, we've got a guy nipping at your heels, so knock off the crap. Yeah. And look, it's one thing if he's not scoring, right? You're going to go through scoring slumps. That's the player he has proven to be yeah. his entire career. Yeah. But the penalties and the misconducts, that's stuff you can't live yeah. with. Yeah, you're not so. Jonathan Taves. You're not allowed to argue every single call. <laughs> the center square in a bingo guard. Right. Exactly. Jonathan right. Taves bitching at a ref. Yeah, yeah. Palms up Jonathan Taves. That happens <laughs> at least five times a game. Yeah. He's earned the right to do that. <laughs> yeah. You haven't, buddy. So just, you know, you can mumble under your breath on the way to the box. But but Kershaw, you mentioned him. We, we were watching him in a drill, and he – came around the corner and just fired off a quick shot that beat Alex Taylor, and we kind of both looked at each other like, whoa, where did that come from? Yep. Um, he looks confident yeah. for the first time in his NHL career. Mm-hmm. He looks confident. He, they must have had a real nice conversation with him saying, hey, this is what – they defined his role, I think, at least to a degree, yeah. where he didn't have that at all last year. No. He was either all over the place. in Rockford, on the fourth line, scratched, on the second line, Scratch, scratch, third line, scratch, fourth Top line, line like, power play. The they next never night, had him in a defined yeah. role, and that's got to be so hard for any player, let alone a guy in just his second year in the league. Well, hey, I mean, when we talk about Regula and Vlasic and Reichel and on and on and on getting sent down to Rockford, Kurashev seeing himself as established NHL player now, even that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think goes a long way where he's not feeling the constant threat of I'm going to Rockford if I make a mistake. Right, getting rid of that, you know, eliminating the fear of error and pun- and demotion, whatever you want to call it, punishment. That's going to let any player play more loose. Yeah, right. So to have a guy up here, whoever it might be, with the constant threat of if you don't perform great, you're going to Rockford. That's going to negatively impact anyone's play it's natural because you're not thinking instinctually you're just don't make a mistake don't make a mistake don't make a mistake whereas now it looks like Kurashev is just playing his game and when we talked about him in the offseason we sort of said like that's a guy who can really only play in the top six again it's three games but it looks like he's added a a bottom six dimension to his game a little bit too look he's not Patrice Bergeron he's not Marion Hosa (laughs) Let's not go nuts, no. but he's absolutely not lost in a third or fourth line role either. Yeah, I, I think it's just the, the 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 confidence level was one of the biggest things that that he needed to to work on to just kind of get his game to the level that I think everyone in the organization and then you know as as fans and stuff wanted to see him play at because we you know 
especially this summer, we kept hearing from, you know, uh, draft prospect analysts. You know, we, we talked to Scott Wheeler and Corey Promen, and both of them were pretty high on Philip Kurishev still being, a, you know, a top-end NHL player. And it's just like, okay, like, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it. And I think we're, we're at a point now where Kurishev has been given an opportunity um, and he's kind of, he's taken it so far through, through the preseason and in, into the regular season where I think that, that confidence and the, you know, the consistency in his game is starting to show a little bit. And yeah, I think he can, he can be a dangerous player and we keep talking about it. I would love, even if, if Athanasiu is, is still playing at a, at, at a, if he's playing at a, at a level that you're expecting of him and he, and he, stays out of the penalty box, that's great. I still would love to see Philip Kershev get an opportunity to play with a guy like Patrick Kane. Just yeah. see what happens. This is the year to do it. This might be the last year to do right. it. So I mean, <laughs> Figure it out now. Yeah. Um, there's two things that I think have, have contributed to Kershev's just overall different look. Um, I think he's bought into the Luke Richardson philosophy of be hard to play against. Mm-hmm. Like He's bought into that simple yet effective style of hockey that Luke Richardson is trying to play here. And he's also beginning to embrace the the concept that a lot of young players take time to really figure it out is when you don't have the puck, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like what's for a lot of players, it's what you do when you don't have the puck. That's actually more important and leads more to your success than when you do have it. One yeah. leads to the other. So I think he's embracing that too. He's figuring that out too. And just as Jay said, having the the spot, having the time without the pressure of, hey, you're going to be up and down the lineup. You might even be back in the AHL. Just be like, here, go out and, and do what got you here. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, you want to see. It's been really impressed with how he's looked. I, I keep going back to the word hungry. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think we talk about this often when – guys make the jump from lower levels or be it Europe, be it junior or whatever. At some point in their careers, all these guys are the most skilled guys on their team. And eventually as you advance, you become less and less important. It's like the, I was a valedictorian in my high school. Well, now I'm at Harvard and everybody was a valedictorian mm-hmm. of their high school, right? right? It's the same thing in hockey, but I think Kurashev has always had a little more offense to his game than he is and maybe allowed to show or given the opportunity to show with power play opportunity or lack thereof or line mates or lack thereof <laughs> and those sort of things. Yeah. I think if we're looking for a Black Hawk that is currently on the roster to have a breakthrough season, he's not going to be a, the next Alex to it by any means. But a 35, 40-point guy this year with the opportunity, I think is not out of the question. That'd for him. be fantastic. He can, love to see that. He can go from a guy that we weren't quite sure where he fit into the future of this team to being part of that next playoff team. Absolutely, it's a make or break season for him, as far as this organization goes. And so far, he's looking like a guy that eh, maybe we shouldn't be so quickly to just say after this season, "Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy your next stop." And I wonder too, kind of on the same, in the same vein. Different kind of players, but also Mackenzie Entwistle seems to have um, avoided the Rockford threat yeah. and seems like a guy that they've got penciled in as a full-timer here, um, getting some power play opportunity, getting some opportunities at center. He had some time with Patrick Kane for a while. Like He's getting his chances too, and, and he's a guy we talked about in the offseason 
as someone we really didn't have a feel for, what is he going to be? Yeah. What kind of a player is Mackenzie Entwistle? And it remains to be seen through three games. But, again, it's a guy who we spoke to before they left for the trip. He wants to prove himself. You know, he's he's hungry. He wants to show that he's more than he has shown so far. Um, so I'm hoping, like, when I'm thinking about who are the guys that I really want to pay attention to that are on the roster now, those are the two forwards to me that are the most interesting. Yeah. And Luke Richardson's a big fan of McKen- Mackenzie Entwistle. Yeah, you can tell. Big fan. Yeah. Just, all you got to just look at how many different situations he plays in, but what he always is quick to mention him in practice. And he's very well liked by his teammates. I mean, famously last year, Debrinkit and Entwistle kind of had that little thing going on yeah. in practice. But even today, he was kind of, you know, playfully mixing it up with Patrick Kane during a drill, you know, shoving him around a little bit. You know, they, he's well liked by his teammates and his coaching staff. And that's going to go a long way for a young player, too. To well, now he'll have a family because he didn't have one before. Right. <laughs> Even though his mom refollowed me on Twitter. It's so awkward. I don't have a family. Okay. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, good old Mackenzie. Yeah. All right, we're going to get to laughing at the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs here in a second, which I know is why you tuned in in the first place. Yes. But uh, MT Machine, who I think is from Germany, I believe that's our German you say uh, Germany? viewer. Yeah. He says that the Hawks trade Kane should it be for two second-round picks and a prospect or a mid-first-round pick and a prospect. You don't trade Patrick Kane if you don't get a first-round pick. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. You got to get a first back. You got to get a first. And remember... Uh, the teams that will be bidding for Patrick Kane are contenders. And he also can say, just like Claude Drew did last year, if you, if you missed yesterday's podcast, Claude Drew said, I would like to go to the Panthers. And only the Panthers. And only the Panthers. And they got a 2024 first-round pick, a 2023 second. I think so. And, and then Owen, Owen Tippett. Tippett. Yeah. So that's if you want to start setting your expectations for return, that's about where you can start to look. Probably. It's yeah. not going to be multiple firsts, multiple prospects. It's, that's just not. Right. Because no. there's a limited. Uh, Patrick Kane can truly say, I want to go to Team X. And, and the Pat- Hawks will have to say, okie doke. And if Patrick Kane <laughs> still had two years left on a contract, you can get more for him. Right. right. But you're talking about pure rental at this point. And, yeah, we should probably tamper those expectations. As we saw with Alex Brinkett. Only having that one year really hurt his his trade value, mm-hmm. um, and we were all disappointed with the uh, with the return. You still see it in every chat we ever have. Yeah, Davidson got fleeced for the Brinkett. Yeah. I think it's a little too early to, to declare that. But you know, hey, it was underwhelming. All I know is the Blackhawks have two more points than the Senators do. So That's exactly <laughs> right. Suck it, Ottawa. Um, that said. Um you know, there in that in the article a couple of days ago with Pat Persson from Pierre Lebrun, Pat Persson is Kane's agent, also Taze's agent, Seth Jones's agent, Claude Drew's agent. Fifty percent. Um, the there was a quote from a league source saying that they expect there to be a big bidding war for Patrick Kane. But again, that's if Kane says, "Let there be a bidding war for right, me. Exactly. I'll go to these four teams or these five teams." I think it's going to be Kane's going to want to go one or two places. Rangers will that rumor will not go away. God, I hope that doesn't happen. I'm so and tired. I know of you it. hate the Rangers. I do, and it brings me joy. Your hatred it's, for New York delights it me. It really, really <laughs> feels like that is the which means number it's not one landing happen. spot. And yeah. I think Colorado's got a shot too. Yeah, never. I th- that would be the. I feel like that would be the wilder of the two landing spots. Like just to imagine Patrick Kane with that Avalanche team, it's like, oh, cool. He's now on the second line. 
Like, okay. Yeah, I, I would I rule out. How about him and Kale McCarr on the point for a power play? Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not fair. <laughs> Come on, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out Edmonton either. They Ken Holland has proven that he's willing to. Yes, because what Edmonton needs is more offense. <laughs> they can't stop anybody. So you score eight goals a night. Yeah, they got to try it. and win nine to eight instead of eight seven. Yeah, so because that always happens in the playoffs. Yeah, but I could see Edmonton, and, and the way I could see some other some other teams that you know well, and, come out of nowhere. And the thing is, like there might be some, like we said yesterday, there might be some teams that are supposed to be contenders right. that might just completely not have it this season. <laughs> Minnesota and, Wild. Yeah, I mean, who, it's it's Sorry, you got to let this let the season play out. But there are it's, and and that's why it feels like, you know, it, it, with Kane, it, it'll likely go towards January, February trade deadline and, you know, first week of March. It might go to that point because it's advantage an advantage for him to to be able to see, like, who is a contender and who isn't because he could say, yeah, I want to go to the Rangers. And then come February, the Rangers are you know, maybe an injury or to Shesterkin or something like that pulls them out of the playoff race. And if he's there in January, it's like, oh, crap. Like, (laughs) I can't. I can't pull this team into the in the playoffs by myself, kind of thing. So yeah, I guess he's going to wait as long as possible and mm-hmm. pick yep. the best, the softest landing spot. If he even decides to do that, you know, yeah, he may yeah. again. He may there, say, "I want to break the records." Here, there so. is there is a universe in which both T- uh, Kane and Taze say, "I don't want to be traded," and they're and they, here they right. at the end of the season. And yeah, that's that's the right that they were given. Yep. All right, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime if you're not a Hawks fan. New customers can bet $5 (laughs) on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Big matchup tonight in the NHL. The undefeated Vegas Golden Knights and the undefeated Calgary Flames are going to play each other. I've got my eye on that one. Uh, The Bruins take on uh, Alex DeBrinkett and the Ottawa Senators. Some good action tonight, so take advantage of that opportunity from uh, from DraftKings. Again, $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if you are a new customer. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can t- turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, you can deposit deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any, any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right. Should last we, night was we're, we're talking about contenders. Yeah. Should we talk about pretenders? Oh, there's. I know it's the first week, but no. there are some real we good mu- teams with real bad records. We have right to make now. sweeping statements. Yes, it's time for our overreaction after five percent of the season. If the playoffs started corner. today, <laughs> with seventy-eight games left to play, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs would be on the outside looking in to the Eastern Conference playoffs. And the Philadelphia Flyers would be in as the wild card. Just as we all predicted. The Detroit Red Wings would also be in, second place in the Atlantic. The Tampa Bay Lightning would be out of the playoffs. 
Hey, that helps that pick. Hey, it does. <laughs> and the go. Minnesota Wild would be out of the playoffs as by well lot. by <laughs> a wide margin. Edmonton Oilers also on the outside looking in. Boy, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury looks done. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And look, he had a tough start to the Hawks last year because the entire team did because their yeah. coach was a literal moron. Um, but... <laughs> But he this eventually is turned it around. But this, this is, is yeah, different. This and is, I think he's not going to have a sub-80 save percentage all year. I certainly hope not. But holy cow, he looks really bad. Somewhere in Ottawa, Cam Talbot is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evil laugh. Well, from, the Senators yeah. don't have a win yet either this season. So Yeah, so here are your, uh, here are your tank standings. Uh, we'll go from the tankiest to the least tanky. Uh, the Sharks are 0-4. The Wild are 0-3. The Jackets are 0-3. Canucks 0-3, Devils 0-2, Senators 0-2, Ducks 1-2-0, Lightning 1-2-0, the Coyotes 1-2-0, more on them in a second, and the Hawks 1-2-0. The Coyotes just delightfully beating the Leafs in Toronto so last night. Oh, so good. Oh, it was so great. And, and the fact that Toronto looked like they had tied the game yes. and took the goal oh. away. And let's, let's take a sidebar on that, by the way. Did you all see that play? I did. Yes. Did you think that was the right call? I don't know anymore. I it was very know. strange. Flip a coin. If you missed it, uh, Morgan Riley had a puck come to his hand, put his hand up. I forget the Coyotes player. The Coyotes player's stick was. goes in the glove of Riley, but there is a bit of a bat made with the hand knocking the puck down. Leafs retreat. Uh, Mitch Marner retrieves the puck, gets the net. The Leafs score. Looks like the game is tied. They review it. It takes a long time, and they say. The play should have been blown dead for a hand pass. No goal. Low in, uh, yeah. uh, the Coyotes score an empty netter, and they walk the away with the win over. in Toronto, and, and all hell breaks loose. But it was a weird call. But, man, the Leafs have had a couple. They lost to, to uh, Montreal mm-hmm. in their opening game. They lose to the Coyotes at home. I, I still think Toronto is really damn good. But it's, it is so fun to watch Toronto freaking you can, melt you down. You can absolutely... <laughs> script their season they will be they will be president's trophy contenders they will be favored in on some nights by multiple goals and they'll lose they'll have some random player become a cult a cult favorite it was michael bunting last year david camp is another one like they're gonna have some random guy become like the next greatest toronto maple leaf i hope it's a guy named tim probably yeah (laughs) then it'll be you know, they'll, they'll have home ice advantage in the playoffs and they will lose in the first round in game seven. You can write this script because we've seen it every single year. They will year. lose game seven in the first round after leading 3-2 after five games. Oh, yeah. They'll lose but, game six in overtime and then get blown out in game seven. Yep. They just you lose can, in the most painful ways possible. You and can just delightful. script it. I love it. And, and, and you know... You know why you can script it? Because everyone, everyone knows the outcome. If you looked at Twitter earlier in the day yesterday, and you saw Maple Leafs fans, they were like, well, who's going to score the game winner for the Yotes tonight? It was already, they were already defeated, the fan, the, the fan base. And, you know, <laughs> you have to think. It's fun. Like, like the players, they know. They know all the stuff that, that is said about them as much as they want to say, oh, you tune out the noise. Not in Toronto, you don't. You can't. You cannot. Well, that's what happens when you don't change anything. You keep going after it with the same thing year in and year out. You don't change. You don't make a shakeup. You don't 
bring in, you know, yeah, they brought in Jonathan, John Tavares. Okay, whoop de doo Like, great player, but he hasn't changed anything. No. You, you still haven't gone out and gotten yourself uh, a good goaltender. You know, mm-hmm. you've you now you're now you're, they're oh, oh Matt my Murray's god hurt. there's a surprise what a what a cluster they've gone they've gotten progressively worse over the last two or three seasons goaltending wise mm-hmm. so they haven't changed anything they haven't done anything to shake up the culture at all they just keep thinking you know what and, and to me that's their arrogance. No, we're fine. We got everything right exactly where we need to do it. Run it back. We're, we're just the Maple we're Leafs. smarter than everyone. Right. We've Can got I, I not to I don't want to whatever. I would do like it. to make a Chicago comparison. The Leafs are very much like the White Sox where they act like they're smarter than everybody. They tell everybody they're smarter than everybody. They buy into their own expectations and then they flop. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a Cub fan. It just it, I have my entire family is White Sox fans, and I see them suffering year after year after year. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like, we know better than everyone. Right. We just know better. You think you're so smart. Tony Lewis is going to be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. We don't need to add anything. We don't need any big free agents. We got what we need. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. It's the same thing with the Leafs. It's like you're just banging your head against the same wall every freaking year. And it's, you know. You, you come into the season with four dollars of cap space and in the first your four dollars and in the first week of the season your 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 big gold goaltender that you brought in is out for a long long period of time and you literally have to go all right we, we talked with steven wine yesterday who's going to be the e-bug tonight because you can't do anything can't yeah you you've spent literally out. every cent you have in cap space and now you can't do anything because there's 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 one injury one injury and you're like oh well there you go like we talk about the house of cards analogy like literally one thing goes wrong and it's just like you're maybe look at the Hawks what are you first do? for Peter Morazic again <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> why not uh, the, 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 you're, you're, you're spot on in your analogy with the white Sox from the organization, but the difference is the fan bases are completely different. Yeah, if the which, White Sox were the Yankees, like somehow, <laughs> but like the but the fan base is differently, and that's why it makes the 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 failings of the Maple Leafs that more enjoyable because nobody hates the White Sox more than White Sox fans. They are like the most self low, and I I say True. that out of respect. True, like they just hate everything about their team, and and they have a lot of good reasons to just be like I. This oh, but there was there was an obscene amount of arrogance entering the season from them. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. But yes, the Maple Leafs fall for it. Their fans <laughs> fall for it every year. Every year is a year we're finally winning the cup. It's the same freaking team that's been run out of the playoffs in the first round for each of the five years. But this year it's going to be different. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. insane. Yeah, you're insane. All right. So is, that, that's is there, that's the difference. Is there a team more primed for just blowing everything up? Yeah. Than the Leafs? Than the Leafs. Well, Austin Matthews is clearly going to join the Coyotes, our friends in uh, PHNX. Yeah. <laughs> Tweeted out last night. I, 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 I really got a <laughs> kick out of this graphic that PHNX Sports put up. Uh, if you're wa- not watching the YouTube, it's the meme of the man holding his girlfriend's hand, looking back at the woman walking past. And the current girlfriend is the Maple Leafs, and the new girl is the Coyotes. Yes, he's from Arizona. I love the yes, ambition. he grew up a Coyotes fan. I don't think Austin Matthews wants to play at the no. Mullet Arena in front of 5,000 no. screaming and, fans. And kudos to PHNX <laughs> for using all that bandwidth to get Austin Matthews' forehead on there. <laughs> <laughs> 
man, that receding that line that hairline is running further away from the front of his head than the than faster than he's the Maple got, Leafs losing the playoffs. He's got to talk to Patrick Kane's guy because for a while Patrick Kane had that like Bill Murray and Kingpin thing going on. Yeah, yeah. and well, he's see, he's gotten it he's gotten it under control. There's another that, reason for Austin Matthews to come to Chicago. He can get a, a bill, on a billboard on 294 too, <laughs> saying that he's <laughs> he right. could join Ian Happ and, and Ryan Sandberg and Eddie Olchek and Brian Urlacher and get on get his own billboard. See, look. I grew hair as soon as I came to Chicago, too. That's great. See, we are just, we got ideas. I hope Chris is listening, man. We could be selling so much stuff. All right, we're running late, so let's wrap things up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow Tomorrow morning. We're going to talk to Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. Depending on how that turns out, it might be part of the show tomorrow. It might be a bonus episode. We're not sure how it's going to go. But we're winging it. Either way, we're going to have a reaction to our conversation with them. So make sure you join us uh, on CHGO Blackhawks. Again, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks to Steven for producing the show. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.